We would be one, a favorite hymn, I dare say. The beautiful Finlandia tune matched with beautiful words. We would be one as now we join in singing our hymn of love to pledge ourselves anew to that high cause of greater understanding of who we are and what in us is true. We would be one in living for each other to show to all a new community. We would be one. Have you ever wondered about the would be? We would be one. Not, you will notice, we are one, but we would be one. Would implies an if, yes. I would help you with that project if I had the time. We would go on that cross-country drive if gas were not so expensive. I would join you scuba diving if I knew how to swim. We would be one if... If what? From what I can gather, the if has something to do with a building project. We would be one in building a nobler world than we have known today. In a matter of minutes, once your minister finishes talking, we will be singing, we are building a new way. Building a culture of inclusion is the name of the workshop you'll all be attending this Saturday on Zoom, led by Paula Cole-Jones. And I invite all of you, really, who can attend to please do so. More people participating, bringing your insights and perspectives will make for a richer and deeper experience for all. All part of this building project. We would be one if we can build a culture of inclusion. I like the aspirational message of the hymn. It is tempting, I know, to jump into the warm fuzzies we get from singing, we are one. We would be one acknowledges for me that there's some work to do before we can really become the we we long to be. We need to build a nobler world, a culture of inclusion, a new way. But what will it take to build something new? Well, first we have to look at the structures that exist, right? A charge leveled against the Black Lives Matter movement, critical race theory, anti-racist, and anti-oppressive initiatives of all kind is that they actually cause division rather than create unity. They are tearing down rather than building up. In one of the voice messages we received shortly after we put up the original Black Lives Matter banner, the caller said something along these lines. This used to be a community that was joined together. We felt like we were all together. And you, with that banner, are just trying to create conflict and pull us apart. Now, my first reaction was that this was not at all our intention. And yet, 
there is a certain amount of conflict that arises with facing up to what is and hearing perspectives and experiences different than my own. This was not at all our intention, and yet, there is a certain amount of pulling apart that is required if we are committed to building something new. Brian Stevenson, in an interview on CBS Sunday Morning on January 30th of this year, said, The more you disrupt systems that have operated unfairly for a long time, the more you implicate bigger issues, economic and social and psychological and ethical and religious and spiritual issues, human issues. You hear it in the language that is used, disrupt systems, dismantle white supremacy, decenter whiteness. That doesn't sound a lot like building up, right? More like pulling apart. But our second source challenges us to confront powers and structures of evil with justice, compassion, and the transforming power of love. What do we do with structures of evil but pull them apart? And I realize that evil sounds a little strong, not a word that Unitarian Universalists use Often, But there it is in our second source. And what it is important for me to remember is that evil does not require an evil intention to exist. The intention can seem laudable or at least not blameworthy, but the impact can be devastating nonetheless. Evil, such as racism, can reside so deeply within societal structures that it is virtually undetectable, especially by those of us who are taught not to see it, whose lives proceed in relative comfort within the structure. It can be virtually undetectable unless we are willing to pull the structure apart, to examine it with honesty integrity, to listen deeply to people who are harmed by the system as it is. We would be one in building a nobler world than we have known today, and in order to build, we first need to pull apart. I need to pull apart my own story, my own identity within the existing structure. And I admit that I passed through a good share of my life never really thinking about my identity in this way. And there is a piece of me that still wishes to retreat to that privileged bliss. I was only aware throughout my life of these pieces of my identity to the extent that others differed. I was the default. And if I didn't say them, certainly I thought things like, people are people, we are all one, all one family. And I felt that that philosophy was spiritually sound even after I was in the pulpit, even while I was introducing readings from African-American writers and gay novelists and Asian women authors, if the name didn't make the gender clear, but never saying anything like, this is a passage from white male author William Faulkner. 
default. If I don't use descriptors, you should know. If I don't use descriptors, it's me. White, cisgender, heterosexual, male. And coming to that realization, I found it more than a little disingenuous, arrogant, hypocritical, hurtful to rail against this new practice of focusing on particular identities when my demographic, older, white, heterosexual, cisgender male, we have created a dominant culture that is structured around identity and favors our own identity to the point that said identity becomes virtually invisible to us, but not to others. There are dangers with being the default, dangers for myself and others. Dangers does not even cover the reality of an ongoing potential for harm. With my identity unseen by myself, it is all too easy to slip into the illusion that my needs are also universal needs, that my ways of doing things are simply the right ways of doing things, that my voice can somehow speak for humanity. And it's not intentional. It's not. And that makes little difference. The impact can still be devastating. What I am learning is that to step outside of that painful, hurtful, destructive illusion takes intentional work. And much of that work requires me to be quiet. (laughs) I don't know what I don't know. And I won't learn it by talking. I won't learn it by showing up with a cup already full. I won't learn it by stubbornly insisting on my place in the center or by imagining that there's more room in the center or by upholding the illusion that everyone can be in the center, my center. That is what makes pulling apart so necessary as we work together to build a culture of inclusion, to build a nobler world, to build a new way. I see that so often the welcome that I extended long after I believed I had awakened to systems of oppression, discrimination, and exclusion, the welcome that I extended was a welcome into the world that held me without my demanding it, without even my active participation, a world that held me, my demographic, my identity at its center. I didn't actively participate, but I also didn't challenge it in ways I could have, should have, in ways I must. And listen, my siblings in this demographic, my companions in this identity I represent, it feels like a whole lot of upheaval. I know. I feel it. And sometimes it even feels unfair, I know. And then I remind myself that it has always been unfair. We don't wish to repeat systems of oppression in new configurations, but we, aforementioned identity group, also shouldn't kid ourselves that we will travel through these transitions without some bumps 
and bruises, without disruptions or disappointments, without awakening to the tiniest insight into how it feels to live on the margins, how it feels. We won't travel without dust and heat, without humbling grace. Because it can feel like the very earth is shaking beneath us, like the sky is falling, like our faith is crumbling. It can be frightening and frustrating and painful and confusing. And there is still that part of me looking toward retirement sometime in the next decade that wonders if I can just peacefully serve my remaining years as a minister some distance away from the seeming chaos and conflict that too often follows upon the heels of the strenuous, delicate, frustrating work of pulling apart systems and stories and constructs, challenging powers and structures of evil, searching out previously unexamined racist ideas and practices sewn into the cloth of the way things are. (laughs) Can I just sort of step around that? And then we sing, we would be one in living for each other, to show to all a new community. We would be one in building for tomorrow a nobler world than we have known today. And then the eighth principle group comes together with enthusiasm and dedication and determination, calling this congregation to help build a nobler world. And then I hear the words of Ibram X. Kendi that Karen shared in the reading. There will come a time when we will love humanity, when we will gain the courage to fight for an equitable society for our beloved humanity, knowing intelligently that when we fight for humanity, we are fighting for ourselves. There will come a time, maybe, just maybe, that time is now. And then I realize all those scary D words, dismantling, decentering, disrupting, are all pointed toward a promise for building something better and that we all need all of us to engage this work and to heed Joe Cherry's reminder that if there is any hope of transforming the world and changing ourselves, we must be bold enough to step into discomfort, brave enough to be clumsy there, loving enough to forgive ourselves and others. And then I feel how much I, too, yearn for the promise of what can now be glimpsed, though there are miles to go, what can be glimpsed as if through a glass darkly and may yet be realized if we but trust in the transforming love holding all and are willing to engage the hard work to realize the untapped potential of the faith we share. And then I see this congregation, this congregation I love engaging the work of pulling apart so we can join together as the we we long to be. So we can build a culture of inclusion, build a nobler world, build a new way. So may it be, please join in singing 
number 1017 in the Teal Hymnal. Or you may follow the words on the screen, Building a New Way. <laughs> 